Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and we are back this week with a bumper episode. We're sorry we didn't get a chance to do a live episode last week, but that is because Russ was very busy out in Canada. So he's with me today, and we've got all the latest from that tour. We've got the Chelsea Flower Show. We've got the Queen at the Royal Windsor Horse Show and looking ahead to the Jubilee. So, so much to get through. And hi, Russ. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very sorry I didn't get to catch up with you last week, but it was just such a whirlwind tour. I mean, I can't believe that um, we covered that sort of amount of ground. I looked at the map of where we'd been. There was, I think there was three, four time zones in three or four days. I didn't know whether I was coming or going, but we are <laughs> back. We are back on, um, we are back in Blighty and there's lots to, lots going on this week, lots to look forward to next week. So how many nights sleep in an actual bed did you get in those five days? Because you were doing most I mean, of your travelling at night, weren't you? Yeah, so we left on the Tuesday. Um, we then flew during the day. And then, because we went back, we, we arrived in Newfoundland and Labrador on the East Coast, a place called St. John's, to a, a really lovely welcome, actually. And then we, I think we went back three and a half hours. So then there was a full day. Then we jumped back on the plane. Then we flew to Ottawa then we had a night's sleep so that was Tuesday night then we did full day Wednesday stayed in Ottawa then flew to Yellowknife full day in Yellowknife in the Northern Territories which is about five or six hours away from Ottawa and then we flew back that evening and then went back in did we go back in time or forward in time Forward in time. Forward in time. (laughs) Forward in time and then and then had to drive home for three hours I I couldn't believe I made it to be honest but great time lovely place wonderful people we met some really important messages I mean fair play to Charles and Camilla because obviously it is uh it's really important to go to the realms during the Platinum Jubilee and Canada obviously being one of our um our closest cousins as it were um I was surprised that they only did a three-day tour but there is such an awful lot going on um but considering what they did pack in I mean there was up to 10 and 12 engagements per day and yeah it was it was extraordinary actually it sort of gave me a, a throwback to when we went to Australia with Harry and Meghan but Harry and Meghan you know, we're in there or were in there, sort of mid thirties, early thirties at the time, and now you've got Charles and Camilla who are seventy three and seventy four, and their schedule is absolutely relentless. And um, fair play to them because everyone else was pretty shattered with the travelling. Um, but it's all about messages. It's all about getting to see you know, the local communities, as it were. And and I think they really did that. And I think you, when you look at what was achieved from the tour. I mean, I don't think a lot of people were really um, um, aware of the issue. One of the major issues that's going on in Canada at the moment is there was a huge um, sex abuse scandal and which which culminated in, in murder for several hundred children who were plucked out of their um their communities, indigenous communities all over Canada by the Anglican and Catholic churches. And this is stemming from sort of the late 19th century all the way up to the late 1970s. I think the last school actually closed in 1996. And God, so that's horrifyingly real... recent. That's, I mean, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. And this, so the reason why it has come to a head, I suppose, in the, in the last year, and it's coming, I think it's this week is the anniversary that they found several hundred um, 
bodies, I mean, remains of bodies in an unmarked grave in uh, British Columbia that was attached to one of these Anglican schools. And there have been calls that the, that the Queen should apologise for this, you know, the brutal treatment of these Indigenous children that were taken out of their, their, their homes and their communities and put into these residential schools, had their complete identity stripped from them, their languages stripped, they were taught to, you know, not, not to speak in their mother tongue, um, and, and tragically abused on a horrifying scale, and which resulted in, you know, several thousand of these children being murdered and, and never spoken about again. So there's an awful lot of soul searching going on in Canada. And you can you can really, really feel it on the ground. And you know, but not that all tours are different and all situations are different, but you know, just, just pulling it back to, to the Cambridges. And I've you know, I've spoken, we've spoken quite a lot about this, about how yeah, there were issues on the ground, um, be it of emancipation, be it of uh, rep, talk of reparations. And I don't, and I never felt the Cambridges got to grips with that, and they were always playing catch up. Whereas Charles and Camilla arrived on the ground, and the first thing they did was go to meet the indigenous populations and to speak about the horrors that are ongoing, the soul searching that is ongoing in Canada at the moment. So that's and really I thought interesting. That that was, yeah, they didn't just fit it; they didn't just do it as part of the other. You know, normally they go when they do like they're greeted by a leader or something like that. They went absolutely. straight to that. That's really interesting. And it was, you know, what was what, what we then found out later on in the week that Charles has not only known some of these indigenous leaders for you know, 30, 40 years, he had been making contact with not only the ones that he knew, but the ones that he was due to meet um, way before this trip was happening. So we're talking over the last few months and had been trying to get to grips with what was going on in the country. And, and, and of course, as I mentioned, that is a major issue. Like everywhere you went, people were talking about it. It was, it is still very, very much alive in the social consciousness. And, you know, the three places that we went, St. John's, Ottawa, and then right up into the Northern Territories, which territories, which is a huge indigenous population. They are very, very alive to it. And I think that, um, Whilst Prince Charles stopped short of an apology that some were calling for, certainly for the for the that was when we landed, there was calls from certain campaign groups that the Queen, as head of the church, should apologise. I mean, just a few weeks before, which which again, unfortunately, really went under the radar. I mean, I must confess, I I, I wasn't aware of it, and and I don't think a lot of people were. I mean, even my travelling companions really weren't aware that that the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, had only a few weeks before, travelled to Canada and, and issued a frank and full apology for, the, for these horrors that had, had um, taken place. And certainly the Pope has echoed that as well. So, um, you know, maybe it is a bit far removed from us in the UK, but it's, it's definitely in our consciousness now. And Charles wanted to use this opportunity to, to make sure that he was speaking about it. So he mentioned it in his first speech. And that was very, very much um, the vein of the trip, I would say, that uh, it was uh, really, really front and centre of his mind. And then he was, each individual place he was meeting, he was speaking to different community groups or different Indigenous groups. And by the end of it, he was, he delivered a speech which really, really wasn't meant to feature so heavily about the sort of the, the, the sorrow he was feeling on a personal level, but also... Um, commenting on the people that he had spoken to and and what they're going through, but it was inserted within his speech in the last day, and it and it really resonated with a lot of people. And I think, again, while stopping short of a full apology, which which arguably Prince Charles doesn't need to 
deliver. Um, I think his deep acknowledgement of the fact on, on several points and several points throughout the trip that he was acknowledging that he is um, very live to the situation. I think that that was really welcomed by the uh, indigenous leaders that he was um, that he was meeting. It, as you said, it just it sounds like they really they really did it right. They, you know, dealt with an extremely difficult subject in a really good way, which obviously in comparison to other tours we've had this year, which apparently seem to mis- misjudge the situation again, mm, it does mm. feel, you know, and obviously talking about the, the Cambridges trip, it sounds like this was a complete change and they really did it well and they used the Royal platform well and as they should which is good um but the other standout moment for me was that i noticed and i know you were there and you sent some photos of it was that the uh global warming kind of focus of it when they went to the is it the lake that is a road for most of the year and basically it's cut off a huge amount because now it's warmer and the ice is melting so it it can't be used as a road for lots of years. I'm explaining this terribly. I'm just going to well, be quiet no, and so, let, no, you, let no, you, you talk about it. <laughs> haven't done. So uh, what it was, I mean, there was definitely certain elements of the trip. So I think that the first element was going, well, when we're just looking at the plan, the first element was going to be meeting Indigenous communities. Again, that we didn't really know how much he was going to make of the, the, the whole um, uh, residential school scandal. Uh, which which became a big as I, as I've explained a bit a big part of the trip. There's then the second part of the trip was a focus on the Ukrainian community. Um, again, they didn't know that the Ukrainian community in uh, Canada is the third largest in the world outside Ukraine and Russia, and certainly they are welcoming more Ukrainian refugee Ukrainian refugees than than anywhere at the, at outside Eastern Europe at the moment. Um, so he was you know, to to visit a Ukrainian church, which we have seen the royals do. Another story by our stablemates at Daily Express this week about how the royals have opened up certain number of their homes um, to Ukrainian refugees being yeah, fleeing war. So that was a big issue for Charles and, and, and something he's spoken about before. And then, of course, using his platform to discuss the devastating consequences of climate change, which is happening in Canada and certain parts of Canada, to Canada, like the Northern Territories that we were visited on the last day, are experiencing a climate change rate of up to three times more than anywhere else in the country, which is absolutely staggering because you think the, 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 the real people who are on the precipice of this climate emergency and can't afford to you know, take their chances with it are um are being the ones who are affected most and so that's why we went to a place called Detta which is connected to the um the, the larger city Yellowknife in um in the northern territories by an ice road and a certain number of the year i think the most it's ever been opened is at around 140 days of the year you could they can take I mean, it's huge huge massive ice road have you ever seen ice road truckers when you're flicking no, through the television i didn't know you, this was a thing <laughs> until i looked at it have you do they say how thick the ice is i think i think i'm going to be misquoted here but my i will misquote myself but i think it's like four meters what does that make what? that's quite big right four meters yeah, yeah that's probably about right anyway it can take up to a 40 ton truck and so it's Blimey. a six, I think it's a six kilometre, maybe five, five mile road, ice road that connects these two communities. And of course, they can still get to each other, but it's a massive detour, drive round. So the fact is when these two communities and once you get to Detter and further, further afield, they get further and further sort of remote. 
So the ice roads, not only in Detta, but the ice roads in the Northern Territories in Canada are a vital lifeline for certain communities. And the whole point of going to Detta is that I think in the last um, couple of years, it's gone down to being open about 90 days of the year. So it's getting shorter and shorter. It's quite interesting because the, the people I spoke to on the ground say, oh, no, I think it's been about, you know, quite, quite normal. But then... I mean, some of the people, but then others, the scientists were saying, well, no, the data is irrefutable. The data says that it's it's it, because of global warming, we are experiencing this road closing further and further. And listen, I know we were there in May, but it was quite stark by seeing flying over it and seeing you know, lots of ice and lots of snow. And then when you're there, it was a beautiful sunny day. And there was these road signs literally at the end of a dirt track saying, you know, do not enter because it was just... A, a slush pool a slush yeah. you know huge lake and so the fact that Charles went there and he was a huge environmentalist as we well know said himself he's been came, campaigning on these issues for the last 40 50 years and when you're seeing it up close and talking to the people whose whose lives are affected um and what they're doing again with indigenous communities who have this lived experience this lived knowledge it was really really interesting to see what is being done and really, you know, Charles was speaking to them on not only a personal level, but he's he's very, very knowledgeable in this arena anyway. So I think they really respected him, the fact that he's, uh, you know, quite a brain on the subject, that he, he actually knew what he was talking about. And you met someone very special when you were there, didn't you? You met a listener. I did. A big shout out <laughs> to Lauren Maynard because she came up to me, Laura, and said... Um, she said, sorry, are you Russell? And I I mean, I was literally in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and standing on my own as well. And I was thinking, oh, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> I know, what have I done? What have I done now? Yeah. And um, Laura and I had a lovely chat and she said she was a huge fan of the podcast. And she is um, she lives in Yellowknife and she was there witnessing the fire ceremony the indigenous fire ceremony that Charles and Kimberley were welcomed to in Detta by the ice raid so we had a bit of a chat and this is Laura on the podcast and um let's have a listen and uh yeah we've just met yes hello yeah big, big and now we're on the podcast absolutely and we are in Yellowknife which is pretty remote here and you you live here yeah I do and it's a beautiful community, I can just attest to. We are standing here next to the ice road, which I guess is partially melted because it's May, but it is an issue for the communities out here. Yeah, absolutely. You only have a few weeks a year to get in groceries that you want for the year, uh, furniture, fuel, everything you want to get in cheaply on the road. And if you can't, you have to fly it in at huge expense. So if your ice road is shortened by a few weeks, that's a big deal. And if it's shortened unexpectedly, that's even worse. And so what's the, what are the, the, the issues for the communities here? Because obviously this is pretty remote. And if you if you needed to get into to, to Yellowknife, but this road isn't here, what's the, what are the alternatives? Well, that is not the best example. You can get by road, but it's about five times as long. Right. But a lot of the communities in the north don't have a road at all. Mm-hmm. So when the road's melted, or melted. So they're cut off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Only by plane. And then in bad weather, you can't get stuff and you can't get things in an emergency. I was just listening to Prince Charles' speech and he was talking about the, the you know, not only the emergency on a global scale, but it's, it's really affecting these, these indigenous populations, these communities that are otherwise cut off. Um, what, what is more being done? Do you think it's a, it will help the, the issue that these communities are experiencing by Prince Charles being here? 
um, more awareness can never hurt. Um, and I think the more we know, the better we can plan for bringing things up. Um, it's when it goes out unexpectedly, the ice room, that, that we're really um, in trouble. Yeah, definitely. Listen, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. It was really, really unexpected, but really lovely <laughs> to meet you today. Yeah, you too. Thank perfect. you, Lauren. Oh, lovely. That sounds so great. It was super cool. <laughs> what and a I was fun really, moment. Really, it was such a lovely moment. And I, you know, I put it on my Instagram by saying there are, you know, sometimes there are really lovely moments in this job. And uh, for all my complaining about you know, traveling and not sleeping on in proper beds and stuff. But that was a real great moment. And it made my day. And obviously, Laura was able to tell us a bit about the, the issues that are being faced by the community in the communities far better than I have explained it. So I'm really, really grateful. And, um, and thanks for listening. And if you ever, I mean, we're on our, <laughs> we're on, sometimes we're on our travel. So if you are ever going to, uh, if you live in a place that we are ever going to visit, then please do give me a message and we'll try and meet up and, um, you know, even if it's around the UK or around the world, we're always happy to have our listeners on the pod. So thank you very much, Laura. I'm actually going to use that as a little in because you've brought it around. So I think we are still looking for all your favourite stories of the Queen. If either you've met her or just your favourite memories from her reign and, you know, things that you really stand out from the last 70 years, we'd love to hear them for our Jubilee coverage next week. And um, you can send us, the easiest way to do it is to send us a voice note on Instagram at podsave, or you can email us at uh, podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com. But yeah, we've had some great ones so far and we're really looking forward to playing for them. But if you want to be included, let us know. Now, speaking of Jubilee, this week feels very much, I don't know about you, but for me, the calm before the storm I feel like I'm it's it's been quite nice this week but I think next week is going to be very exciting I'm really looking forward to it I think it's going to be great but it's going to be so busy are you looking forward to everything yeah I think you've got to because if we start getting bogged down with it we're going to have a nervous breakdown (laughs) but it is I mean looking at the schedule it's all I don't know it's all pretty planned it's going to be hectic it's going to be you know, there's loads of stuff going on and there's loads of subtext to it. Where are Harry and Meghan going to be? Obviously, Thomas Markle has had, unfortunately, had a stroke, um, which is very sad news overnight. Does that change the situation for Harry and Meghan coming over? I'm sure there will be plenty said about it in the coming days. Um, obviously, we we would wish him well in his, um, yeah, the fact that he's, he's suffering at the moment. And I'm sure that... Um, yeah, uh, uh, unfortunately for him, he now won't be able. It looks like he won't be able to make it over to the UK. Um, that 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 would have obviously created an awful lot of subtext with them coming over. Uh, and again, where where are they going to be? Where are Harry and Meghan going? To? Obviously, they're not going to be in the balcony. The Queen has spoken about the fact that we'll only be working members of the family at Trooping the Colour. Um, really looking forward to Trooping because it's always a massive. Um, Huge, huge event to look forward to. Back in London for the first time since the pandemic. Will the Queen be there? I imagine she will be, you know, she's look at her at the Royal Windsor Horse Show. She was absolutely loving life. Well, so she wants to be there for the for the horses. Yeah, we've seen her, we've actually seen her at I think three events in the last couple of weeks, which has been great. But I think my favorite was the Royal Horse Show, and she looked like she was loving every second of it. They were some of my favourite photos we've seen of the Queen in years. The smile on her face. She was clapping. She was chatting. She was. It I've was been brilliant. sent that gif, you know, of her the shrugging when Omid. Yeah. How do you? Omid Dali, um, when he said thanks for 
thanks for sucking off the state opening of parliament <laughs> but coming, coming and seeing us. and she just sort of shrugged I know well, no, so that was yes yeah, so when she yeah, made that, that quote she like marsh, threw her it? she well no when he did the state <laughs> opening of parliament she kind of threw her arm in the air and did a little smile which was good but it was when alan titchmarsh who is a well he's very much a national treasure but he's kind of a gardening star and a bit of everything else in the uk he's a yes. huge name and he basically gave a really lovely speech about her and said i think it was she was the kind of the the beating the heart, heart the that heart was it. of the nation the heart of the right. nation and she it just cut to her and she just a little of course. <laughs> yeah of course. Of course <laughs> which is really yeah, good yeah. there were so many it's moments of that brilliant. she was spotted doing her lippy didn't use a mirror <laughs> which russell you won't know about this but that's an impressive skill because she had a bright color on if you can do that, puts my doing my makeup on the train efforts <laughs> to shame. Um, what else was there? Who was she sitting with? Um, do you know? Do you know? Do you know what? Someone asked no, about this. I, I, I did, and I've since forgotten. I don't know if they were necessarily. Sorry, I put you terribly on the spot with that. You did, you did, didn't, yeah. spot, but um, I don't know if they're, ne- they're necessarily that important in royal circles. Someone will probably pulled me up on this, but I mean, listen, we're sort of jumping around. Let's let's talk about Royal Winter Horse Show, and then we'll come back to uh, Platinum Julie. A real, I loved the horse show. I thought it was really good. Apparently, it was um, it was touch and go whether the Queen was going to be there. People didn't know whether you know, we didn't find out until about half an hour before. But when she got out the Range Rover, she looked absolutely wonderful. And as you said, we've seen her a couple of times since. And I think she looks rather sprightly. And why would you be bothered going to the state opening of Parliament? Surely this is a chance to give it to Charles. He's sitting there for over an hour reading this speech. I mean, talking about whether you're going to wear the crown or the robes, which she has abandoned in previous years. But it's an awful long way to then go. These This business of state should be definitely handed over to Charles and the fact that William was there as well. That's really important. And I think we are seeing a little bit of a change in the guard, but you know, when the queen turns up at these events, she's obviously saying this, I'm not going anywhere, but really enjoying her time. And surely that is what everybody wants her to do. She has served with distinction for 70 years. And especially in this sort of period that we're in at the moment, I don't think anybody alive would be, begrudging the queen having a jolly old time yeah, whether it's at the horse show or visiting the tube or whatever so fair play to her majesty doing the fun stuff and i don't blame her and there were some incredible acts that were as part of the winter horse show weren't there were there any that really stood out for you well the afghan the afghan team riding sort of well i was going to say side saddle it wasn't even side saddle it was pelting oh, along on a horse with one down, leg one leg in the, the stirrup <laughs> It was pretty cool. And then when they're all getting on top of that sort of the pyramid mountain on top of each other, flying the flag, I thought that was absolutely awesome. Yeah, there was, a, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know. I wasn't sure about Helen Mirren's that was, gig, really. It's a bit odd. It, well, that Damien was a bit Lewis's strange. accent was all yeah. over the place. It was, it's yeah, I preferred the, the horse side of it. I think I actually preferred, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting all the kind of celeb side of it to be fun. But yeah, the Helen Mirren stuff was, because obviously she's played the Queen before, and that's why I think everyone was very excited that she was doing her second royal thing. But it was a bit weird. And also, they did go to the Queen's face after that, and she had a very, let's politely it's describe amazing. it as a, a straight face. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, yeah it was, it was I good think fun. It was good success, good fun. The Queen was able to get around in the Range Rover at the end. That's quite interesting because obviously that has been mooted that that may happen at Trooping. She she won't be going in the carriages. It'll be interesting to see back to Trooping what will happen with 
the Royals, you know, will we see Harry and Meghan in one of the carriages? Will we see, you know, obviously see, see the other um, other senior Royals, but will they get in one of the carriages? I wouldn't be surprised if they do. And that will, you know, probably get away from an awkward balcony moment, won't it? So expect to see them at a couple of the things. Surely we'll, surely we'll see... Um, Surely we'll see them at the period, the, the service of Thanksgiving. Um, that's a that's a given, I would imagine. The Frosty Four, as somebody, uh, yeah, I heard that. I heard that the other day. God, that was good. Yeah. But other things we saw the Queen at. You mentioned it briefly. She made. I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised, to see her at the opening of the Elizabeth Line, which is the new underground uh, train service in London. Um, obviously, we yes. had the Jubilee. It's the other one. And now this is the Elizabeth line, which is Crossrail. And I don't think anyone believed it was actually opening until they stepped on that train. Because how many years delayed is it? It was like I mean, billions it's of pounds f- over yeah, budget. F- yeah, billions of pounds over budget. Maybe three or four years over 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 uh, when it was supposed to be delivered anyway. Yeah, so she looked delayed. lovely there. And again, in her block colours, bright. Well, it was quite funny, again, because the, the, the Earl of Wessex was going to be there. And we were told he was going to be there. And and he was going to unveil it. And we do love the uh, Prince Edward opening anything with a plaque because he's very, very (laughs) exuberant when he does it. However, the tolls, again, 20 minutes before she arrived, the Queen was due to arrive and she looked amazing. uh, She was wearing sunflower yellow, sunshine yellow, shall we describe it as? It was very bright and it really... Very bright. I didn't know she'd be in purple to kind of... You know, the colouring for it is purple. Mm. I didn't know if she'd match that but she didn't she went for yellow and it just looked and it's a silly thing to say but it just looked really nice it was such a colorful event it was lovely very summery which was great i think i don't think that was a mistake i think that was obviously planned because yeah. the yellow with the purple looked very nice when she turned up so they so they said oh, she's going to come so they had to absolutely unscrew the plaque that was going to be unveiled that said the earl of wessex oh no and then, poor and then, prince edward I know, the indignity <laughs> the indignity that he had then his mum was showing up to oh. as he was uh, his big moment was ruined but then they 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 obviously had a separate one for if the queen did arrive and they had to hurriedly put it up but she <laughs> oh, managed this. to do it I hope they use that somewhere else. Give him like a a quieter side or something. (laughs) He might have it in his kitchen, in his his den. But they uh, they gave her an Oyster card. An Oyster card is a little sort of credit card you can use on the tube and the sort of transport network in London. Yeah, like a travel card, isn't it? A travel card. They put a fiver on it for the Queen. And then they asked her if she wanted to take a ride on it. And she said no. So (laughs) Edward, Edward did get to step in and he did get to take a ride on the Elizabeth line. So at least they made him feel useful for the day i love that the queen just like now nah, i'm all right thank you. Yeah, you you can take him he'll be all right yeah. have you been on it go. yet i haven't no i don't no. know why i would go why would i go on it? maybe to get to it only phase one is open isn't it so you can't even get all the way to heathrow airport or something no not yet but you can go it's good from like from the office it's good so canary wharf which is where we're based is on the line so we can there's lots more pubs we can go to in different areas okay. which is well, basically what we're going we're for, for. Maybe yeah, we'll, we... we'll do Plot, plot a sort of a, a summer, a summer yeah. drinks medley. <laughs> a little, I reckon lots of people will be doing kind of a little like bar crawl on, along the lines at some point, which is good. And the other thing we saw at the Queen at this week was at the Chelsea Flower Show. And again, we didn't know she was going to be attending, but it was lovely. I know, it was full of surprises. And and I think, you know, probably, and there's obviously a lot of things she wanted to go to. She wanted to go to the horses. She wanted to probably open the Elizabeth line. That's, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, it's in your own name oh, yeah. if she was up for it. 
And then I didn't think she was ever going to miss the Chelsea Flower Show. She was definitely want would love to go to that as she does every year. So yeah, she turned up and she turned up in this, you know, pimped out buggy. I was going to say. I think we can. Well, it's know. been described can we as the, pimp the... my rides. That's the thing. I'm not too sure these know. days. But anyway, she turned out in a tr- tricked out, you know, new golf buggy, which is apparently worth sixty two thousand pounds. It's got Bluetooth speakers. It can go from four to six seats. It looks very swish and fancy. It's got a fridge. You know, shout out to uh, our, our, our colleagues at the Sun who actually broke that story because I absolutely loved it. It was so it good. Was, Top speed then, of 42 was, miles per hour to be I mean, racing it's pretty over. speedy. Well, that we were joking. That's why nobody had had a picture of it because the Queen was <laughs> beasting around in, the, in at Windsor Castle. And no, it was going zooming past, and nobody could get a picture of it. But you know, it was a. It was she was driven by a chauffeur with a little peak hat. Very, oh, I did very, like very that. That was a good. That was a good touch. Nice touch. Nice. And do touch. we reckon we could see her rocking the Queen Mobile, as I've heard it called, during the Jubilee? It's possible, isn't it? I mean, it makes you know, sense. It does make sense. I mean, I I still think she'll be in a land, uh, you know, Range Rover. Um, but I mean, it's a security wise, I suppose. Is it? If it's a bigger jubilee thing, I, who knows? I mean, the Pope does it, doesn't he? It's good enough for the Pope. <laughs> good enough for the Queen. Because that would be lovely. Because you you could see more of her. While it is lovely, obviously, when she's in the car, you can't always see as much. But you know, when she's in that, you can. She, everyone from suppose, all sides can see her, which is good. I suppose if there's an emergency situation, they can't actually, you know, pedal to the metal with the uh, with the golf buggy, I and mean, it, it, it could you could get the queen out of harm's way if there was ever mm. a crowd disturbance, shall we say, with her in the in the Range Rover. But um, I, I definitely think the, the queen is looking fantastic. The queen is looking really well. She's obviously had some real decent rest and recuperation over the last few weeks, which is great for her options and um, abilities to go to the Platinum Jubilee, which is going to be jam-packed and more horses because we've got the Epsom Derby to, on the on the Saturday. So she'll definitely want to meet, m- make that. And then that's just before the big, uh, the big party at the Palace. I'm not too sure whether we'll see her at that, to be honest. And I imagine it might be a bit late. it's her cup of tea anyway. No. Who's, who's playing? George Ezra. I mean, most most people I haven't George heard Ezra. Of. Um, what? Sarah oh, no, Upton's to be there. honest, there's Elbow. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Lynn Wilma Miranda, yeah. Queen, you know, there's some big acts. Oh, yeah, it will be great. Diana but... Ross, I mean, right. obviously, you know, <laughs> Diana Ross, love Diana Ross. <laughs> plenty to look forward to. And then and then on the Sunday, which is, I think, I think I'm looking forward to this most. Me too. Because we've got the big, the big pageant and, and all the pictures from all over the country. I, and I imagine the world, because, you know, lots of people, if you are holding... A garden party or a street party, please do get in touch and send us your pictures and we will stick them on. Yeah, the we'd love to see all your photos. Or the website. We would love to see all of that. So if you are in Burnley or Birmingham, Alabama, tell, text us your uh, text us your details with your pictures. Yeah, we'd love to see and hear how everyone's celebrating because there's so much fun going on and it's going to be such a good few days. Um now complete change of topic but Megan and mm. Harry had a lovely day out didn't they they were at the polo and Megan looked incredible I love that outfit it was very kind of Hollywood glamour but she looked she had that big hat on which was lovely um and she had the kind of white culottes with a black polka dot short I thought she looked absolutely fantastic 
my wife said she looked like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Yes. She goes back into the, the store and she says, big mistake, yeah. big mistake. Great um, But and then I've seen other pictures where Prince has done it. I'm sure the picture editors just pull out. I mean, there's a billion pictures of Princess Diane wearing everything. So you can always uh, yeah, compare and contrast. <laughs> but Julia Roberts wasn't a bad, bad yeah. shout in Pretty Woman. She, I think, yeah, she looked lovely. She looked she great. Look lovely. Big hats. And they had a nice kiss, which was good. And she kind of had to wipe lipstick off his, off his cheek as well, oh, didn't they? Yeah. I didn't realise it was <laughs> lipstick. I thought he probably had a, you know, I don't know bit of milk I didn't really see the context of that uh, I know that the people were making a bit of an issue about it anyway yeah. no I thought it was lovely it showed them they were having a great time obviously we know that Harry loves his polo and um, yeah it just looked like a really nice fun day out they were with kind of lots of lots of friends and we saw Megan kind of chatting to a few little kids that were running around and yeah it just a nice day out and it was nice to see looks, looking very I mean, happy. it looks great in California. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. very California. It looks, <laughs> it, looks, it looks great. It looks like they're having a great time. Anyway, it will be interesting to see when they come. Oh, I mean, obviously, Thomas Markle being in hospital isn't um, isn't great for anybody. I mean, whether, whether she would then want to go and see him, would that be the chance of a resolution? Depends how ill he is, really, doesn't it, I suppose, or how, how, um, how much she decides that now would be the time if ever so again i think there's going to be an awful lot said about his his condition and uh when they will be arriving and what and what events they will go to yeah we just don't know at the moment i mean that might become clear over the next few days and definitely i'm expecting to get some more details of in the next 24 to 48 hours about where we're going to be who's going to be where what the sort of timings are it does seem a bit sort of up to the wire but I suppose there's an awful lot to to consider yeah it is kind of obviously I know that I'm not their biggest thought when planning all these things but I'm well, starting indeed, to get yes. a little bit stressed that I don't you know we kind of can't plan what we're doing yeah. how we're covering it and where we need to be just um, be available sure 24 be hours a day that's I basically I think the plan but yeah hopefully we'll have some details um if nothing else, just for my stress levels next week, so we can figure out what on well, earth we're my, going to be doing. My main, my main thought at the moment is I'm I've actually been invited to a Buckingham Palace garden party today, and I'm <gasps> taking my mum. That's exciting. Yeah, so me and my mum are going to go to Buckingham Palace today, and hopefully it won't be raining because it was absolutely torrential yesterday. I was going to say, I've just had a look out the window, and it's it's all right. It's all right in London at the moment. Hopefully, it lasts. That'll do. That'll do. As long as it doesn't rain, and we can have a bit of a cucumber sandwich and a cup of tea on the lawns at Buckingham Palace, so we don't get soggy. Then that'll be very nice. That'll be all. So yeah, I might post a picture. Yeah, please do. What you're wearing? Big question. You've got your outfit. Oh, well, I did think about wearing the full-on tails, but oh, you know, tails. I'm just going to no because I'm going to Ascot next week. I'm going to wear be wearing tails. Is it well week after next? Yeah. So I'm, I'll, I'll save the tails for another day, and I'll just put a, I'll put a very nice suit on. Why can't Maybe you I wear can it? Still you can wear it twice. <laughs> well, I could do. I suppose I did ask someone, and they said, "No, just wear a lounge suit. You, you don't need to go the full hog." They might think I'm a butler or a jockey or something. You'll be that so. pet. everyone awkwardly looking around, going, "Oh God, he's taken the geez. He's taken it too far." Yeah, top hat and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh that'd be fun. Well, I hope you have a lovely time, and we'll Thank share you. a photo um, of you in all your all dressed up. Um, mm. But you had a really interesting and really um, moving day yesterday, didn't you, with Prince William? I did. Well, you know, it's, um, I mean, Prince William has spoken very, very candidly and passionately um, 
about his how in awe he is of Deborah James. And if you don't know who Deborah James is, she is uh, a BBC podcaster. She is um, used to work on the show Lorraine that I also do in the UK. She is just the most incredible human being. She has been suffering from bowel cancer for the last five years. She took part in the uh, You, Me and the Big C podcast, which is an absolute global phenomenon. Um, and five years ago, she was told that she would pretty much have about a year year or two max to live and she has absolutely battled to get to her 40th birthday which she recently celebrated and unfortunately she posted um an instagram and twitter message um she is known as bowel babe she has been suffering from bowel cancer uh, in in that time and she has done the most incredible campaign called No Butts about how to check your poo, how to be really aware of the symptoms, how we should be talking about bowel cancer and more bowel cancer. We shouldn't be worried about raising these these issues with each other. And uh, her campaign has gone from strength to strength. She is a best-selling author, absolutely celebrated. And unfortunately, she posted the message that she said she never wished she had to write. And and the end is in sight. I think there is absolutely no more that can be done medically for her. And she has moved to hospice care at home. And everyone has been so moved by her plight. And even in her darkest hour, she sought to set up sort of a final campaign. And that campaign has raised over six and a half million pounds in less than three weeks an extraordinary, extraordinary achievement, which shows how how moved so many thousands, millions of people are at her story. And not only people across the UK, but across the world. And the royals were absolutely, absolutely moved by her story as well. So Prince William... Just quickly absolute... before we move on to that, I will say, because as well as raising money, she's raised awareness, which is what she wanted oh, absolutely. to do more. I mean, that's invaluable. I mean, and, it's, you know, yeah. that's, that's part of the campaign that has been absolutely invaluable. And these these stickers that are everywhere, the campaign, No Butts, has been carried widely, not only on the Lorraine show, but also across all media. She's a Sun columnist. She's done absolutely loads for the Royal Marsden and indeed cancer research. Um, I mean, an, an absolutely invaluable, incredible ambassador. And this money that has been raised will... will so part of it will go towards cancer research at the Royal Marsden and Prince William is a patron of that. And so he was the absolute driving force in um, in arranging a damehood for her. And then that was conferred by the Queen. And then he went to paid a private visit to her family home where she is um, at the moment. And they had a lovely day in the sunshine with him and the family. Amazing, beautiful pictures. And then he was speaking very, very movingly yesterday calling her you know an inspiration how brilliant and brave she is saying that he was absolute awe of her her and her children and her husband how they have dealt with it she's got two um two young children and so i think everybody has been completely moved by deborah's story and this is an incredible resounding legacy that she has left and I, i imagine that fund will go from strength to strength and it was raised with the idea of raising a quarter of a million pounds, £250,000, and it has absolutely smashed it out of the park. She has another book uh, coming out, which is shot to the top of the Amazon bestseller list. So, I mean, just everybody in absolute awe of Deborah James and her family and how they have dealt with everything with such dignity. And um, and the Royal Marsden and other cancer charities are, are really going to be huge beneficiaries of, of, this, of this fund, which will no doubt continue... Um, for many, many years to come, hopefully. 
She really is an amazing woman and what she's managed to do through the last five years and also in the last three weeks is absolutely incredible. And if you haven't already, please look at her um, Instagram. So she's uh, Bow Babe, which is also just to hear her story, but also to look for those all important symptoms that she's doing everything she can to uh, raise awareness of to help other people. Now, moving on. I'm to- just going to give her book a plug just Ooh, before yes. we move on because it's just that, and it's called How to Live When You Could Be Dead by Deborah James. It is out now, and um, it is again shot to the shot to the top of the Amazon bestseller list. And um, you know that that could be just amazing because she said that she always wanted to be you know be a best-selling author. Now. Someone we haven't mentioned, I think, for a few weeks, which I think is the first for a while, is Prince Andrew. But you had an exclusive on him this week, didn't you, about his visits to the Queen? Very <laughs> regular know. visits to well, the Queen. Well, it's very interesting, you know, because on the one hand, what else is Prince Andrew going to be doing? He hasn't got a job. He hasn't got much to do. He's not doing any charity work, of course, even though he had said in his settlement statement with Virginia Giffray that he planned to work with victims groups. I mean, I'm not too sure who, who would want to work with him at this stage. Maybe maybe at some time in the future, if he uh, is contrite enough for, for his um, the way he handled his sex abuse scandal, even though he had denied the allegations in front of him. However... Yes, I mean, he has been visiting the Queen every single day in recent weeks, I understand. And that is quite interesting because not only had he been sort of banished from the from the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, um, but it appears that he has convinced the, the Queen and other people who are organising the Garter event on June the 13th so that he can attend and he will be attending in a private capacity as sort of a knight of the order, which is uh, which is very, very interesting because it will be mentioned in the court circular. Does that make him a royal? Because royal business is mentioned in the court circular, the, the, the category of events, the historical record of events that is taking place. The palace were not were trying to make not a big deal out of, uh, about this, but I think it is a big deal. I think it, it it puts him on that platform. He has been you know been forced to step back from royal duties because of the way that he was due to face trial, um, civil trial in the US against these allegations from Virginia Giuffray. Since settled out of court, which meant that the trial was uh, was no longer necessary. However. Um, it's very interesting that he's put himself front and centre, as we'd seen at the Duke of Edinburgh's memorial, walking his mother down the aisle uh, to her seat at Westminster Abbey. And again, we'll be at this Garter event. Will we see him at any of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations? Who knows? I mean, maybe he might pop up. There is an argument that he will be at the service of Thanksgiving, of course, because that is not only a public event, it's also a, 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 a private family event. It's it's a half and half. I mean, you, you could potentially argue that it's... Um, one of the largest public events that will be watched by billions around the world. So should he be there? I mean, that's a that's a discussion for privately for the family, I suppose. But um, yeah, he's been visiting the Queen, making sure that she is people who are sort of close to him have been saying, well, listen, yeah, he has been around there every day. some of the staff has quite jokingly said you can set your watch by him turning up just before lunch and just before he goes riding using uh, taking full access of the incredible facilities available to the Queen at Windsor Castle and on the Windsor Estate. So he's still sort of living high on the hog in that sense. Um, But on the other hand, it's his mum, isn't it? And his mum is 96. 
He is fully entitled to see his mum, of course. Nobody would suggest that he wouldn't be. And uh, But it does create quite an interesting subtext of what the family think about it. And they certainly would pre- you know, prefer for him to sort of disappear into the background and not be seen again. But um, if we know anything about Andrew, I don't think that that's going to be happening anytime soon, do you? Well, that's it. Cause it's really interesting because there are two levels to it. Because on, you know, the, the, the top, you know, on the ground level of it, it's a man visiting his elderly mum who's now on her own and it means the queen has company which is great because obviously charles um princess anne edward is obviously stepping up and doing a lot more they're all really busy they have really hectic schedules especially in the lead up to the jubilee so it's nice that she has got a member of the family seeing her every day um but there's obviously as you said just the the extra stuff to it should we say that doesn't make it quite as straightforward if it was um anyone else now, obviously, there is an awful lot coming up in the next week as we celebrate the Platinum Jubilee. And as well as all the things we already know, all the events going on in London, across the UK, the several of the royals are taking some some trips as well, aren't they? We're going to Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. Who's going where? Well, we've got an awful lot coming up because um, as part of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, there are lots of uh, royals travelling around the country, as one would have expected. So we've got the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. We're visiting Wales um, as part of that weekend. So uh, Earl and Countess of Wessex will be visiting Northern Ireland. Princess Anne will be visiting Scotland. And you would imagine that Charles and Camilla are likely to be sort of all over the capital, London, um, over the four-day weekend in June. So next week. Can you believe I that know. it is next week? I can't we believe have... it's finally here. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to it as much as I'm looking forward to a bit of time off. I think that's very excited. <laughs> now, in terms of podcasts over the next week, we are looking to do an episode every day of the bumper four-day bank holiday weekend so you'll have episodes on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, We've got some special guests, we've got loads of fun stuff planned. Obviously Russell is going to be out and about and pretty much everywhere so we'll be getting some details from the ground but as we said please send in what you're doing. We'd love to hear what you're up to, what you've got planned, if you're having a street party and also your memories and stories of the Queen as well. So as I said email those in so it's at pod save and on instagram and twitter and email is pod save the queen at trinitymirror.com thank you very much to russ for joining us and thank you for everyone for listening and however you're celebrating the jubilee enjoy until next time pod save the queen